Amen, amen, amen. Come on, guys, give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house today. Come on, man, you can do better than that, amen. It's Sunday. It's the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hey, guys, I wanted to just take a moment, look right into this camera, and welcome all of those that are watching online right now. Come on, church, can we make our online campus feel welcome today? Come on, give it up. Yes. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And, man, thank you guys so much for being with us today. It means so much to me that you would take time out of your busy schedules to stop by and be with us today. So, hey, if this is your first time ever with us here at the Bridge Smithfield, let me be the first one to say, man, welcome to church. Amen. Thank you guys for coming and being here. In the seat back in front of you, there's a card. Grab that Connect card, fill it out. At the end of the service, you could take that card right out those double doors, and there's a VIP banner out there just for you. Drop that card off and receive a free gift for being here today. If it's your second time, hey, let us know. We want to know that. Fill that card out. Let us know if it's your second time. And church, if it's your third time, what do we say? Say it loud. Welcome home. home. You found a home right here at the Bridge Smithfield. And we love and appreciate you guys so very, very much. Thank you for being here today. Let me throw out a couple of announcements to you guys just real quick. Just kind of letting you know some things to be aware of, some things that are coming up. How many of you know Easter is right around the corner? Come on, you know Easter's right around the corner. Next week, we've got a lot of material we're going to be giving out to you guys. Some invite cards, different things like that. And so we want you to come next week, be prepared for that. Let me just encourage you right now to continue to pray. If you haven't started yet, it's a great time to be praying about who God is laying on your heart to invite to come and be here. We're actually going to be doing two services on Easter Sunday, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. So just pray about who you're going to invite, who you're going to bring. That's right around the corner. Next Sunday is ownership class. Uh, You know, every once in a while, usually once a quarter, we try to do what we call an ownership class. And that's pretty much just talking a little bit about who we are, our vision, our mission. And so I know we've got a lot of new people that's been coming in. And guys, this is a great opportunity for you to jump in and find out a lot more information about the church, and also help get signed up to to serve and be a part of that. So that's next Sunday. How do you register for that? Just simply go online, bridgechurch.cc, click on ownership, click on Smithfield, put your information in, and we've got you there. Come on, we're going to feed you next Sunday in ownership class, and everybody said amen. Why? Because if we feed you, you'll come. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. So that's happening. Also, next Sunday is time change. Come on. Anybody ready for some longer days? Time change. you got no excuse to be late next week. Amen? Set your clock for the normal time. You'll be here right on time. So there you go. Next Sunday. Uh, I wanted to just say a big thank you. Thank you to you guys here, to you online from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so very much for your giving and your faithfulness. Guys, let me just point out to you some things that you have done. You have done since January. Since January, you guys have been able to help 1,042 different people. 
1,042 different people. And you say, well, Pastor Man, how, how are we doing that? That's Soup Kitchen every Sunday. Soup Kitchen is going out. That's Celebrate Recovery Ministry. Got another ministry now that's helping the homeless. That's packing, passing out sleeping bags and coats and goods, food closets. All of this stuff is happening. We got educational stuff going on right now. And we're actually in a process tomorrow. We'll be donating a closed-in trailer to our soup kitchen so that they are able to serve more people. So guys, I just wanted to say from my heart, thank you so very much. Over a thousand people have been touched and reached because of your generosity. So come on guys, give yourself a big hand right there. Amen. Thank you guys so very much for your faithfulness. Are you ready for a word today? Amen. Amen. Let's get into the word. As we are finishing up our series today, entitled Love With All, and throughout this series we've been talking about what does it mean? What does it mean when we say love with all, and not only what does it mean, who are we called to give that kind of love to? If I'm going to love with all, what does it mean, and who am I called to give that kind of love to? Because how many of you understand, not everybody is deserving of that kind of love to give. So what does it mean to love with all? Well, it, it actually means your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. So, so what is your heart? That's your passions. That's what lights your fire. Come on, the old timers used to say it's what cranks your motor. Amen? Where's my old timers in the house? Old timers online. Amen? Thank you for being honest the rest of your line. Amen? So anyway, it's what cranks your motor. It's what gets you going in the morning. That's your heart. What's your soul? That's the essence of who you are. That's your being, your mind, that's your thoughts. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Not only that, but it's your strength, that's your energy, that's your actions, that's your resources. And it's important to understand that it takes all four. It takes all four. You've got to have all four in order to love God with all. And so it's, it, it's kind of like this. How many of you guys love a pound cake? Come on. That's all I get from you? See, online right now, these guys are shouting right now because they probably got a pound cake in their lap. Amen? How many of you guys love pound cake? I'm talking about like the classic pound cake. And you put a lot of stuff in it. But when you talk about a pound cake, there's really four ingredients that make up a pound cake. Four ingredients. There's eggs, butter, flour, and sugar. Now, can you make a pound cake without sugar? Yeah, but man, who wants that? Amen? We're trying to make going up in the rapture a challenge. So anyway, we like a lot of sugar. Four ingredients to make a basic pound cake, and it takes all four. And so it is with you in your life. In order to love God with all, it takes all four. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so we've been going through each one of these each week. And today, we're going to talk about how to love God with all your strength. And when you're talking about loving God or loving a person, loving anything with all your strength, then you realize this thing takes effort. It requires you being intentional about how you invest certain things in your life. How you invest your resources. Different things like that. Because falling in love with anyone requires a lot more than just some warm fuzzies on the inside. And all of the married folk in the house said... All of the married folk online said, amen. They're saying amen right there. So it takes a lot more than the warm fuzzies. You know, I've always said this, 
Dating brings out the best of you. Marriage brings out the rest of you. So you understand that when you start dating somebody, there's going to be people at their best. They're going to show you everything they got. Then when they get married, you're going to see the rest of them. Amen. But it takes a lot more than the warm fuzzies. It takes commitment. It takes you investing your life in certain things in the same way it is in falling in love with God. So let me ask you a challenging question right off the bat today. Challenging question. As you look at your life right now, where you are, what you're doing, what you're investing in, what are you giving your one and only life to right now? What are you giving your one and only life to right now? And then let me ask this, will it matter a hundred years from now? Let me ask this question, will it matter in eternity? Because in order for you to really answer those questions, you have to look at what are you giving your life to? And I would say it really has to do with with the resources of your life. And what are the resources? That's your time, that's your money, and that's your relationships. So in order to love God with all of your strength, you have to do an evaluation of your life and say, hey, what am I doing with my time? What am I doing with my resources? And what am I doing with the relationships in my life? So I want to just kind of take each one of them and break them down for you today. So let's look at the first one. Again, if I want to love God with all my strength, then number one, I have to invest my best time with God. I have to be willing to invest my best time with God in order to love Him with all my strength. Psalms chapter 25, verse 4 and 5. Watch this. It says, show me. Turn to somebody and say, show me. Show me the path where I should go, O Lord. I love this. Point out the right road for me to walk. Show me the direction, God. Show me what I need to do. Show me the different path that I need to walk in my life. Let me ask this question. How many of you guys have ever been lost before? Come on. If you're driving, you're going to get lost every once in a while. How many of you guys got lost like pre-Google Maps? Come on, anybody? All the old folks raising their hand right there. All you used to have was a map. You remember the map of North Carolina? You lay it out and you got all your roads and stuff. Now, when you lost before Google Maps, dude, you were straight up lost. Amen. So here it is, though. Misty will tell you, my wife, she will tell you really quickly, I'll take a wrong turn in a minute. I'll go down a road that I'm not supposed to go down. And she, look, this past weekend, thank you guys for giving us a vacation this past weekend. We had a wonderful time. Thank you for that. But on the way to the mountains, she's like, all right, now the GPS says you need to go this way. Well, I'm like, man, I don't want to go that way. So I just kind of veered off and took another road. And she's arguing with me. What are you doing? Why are we going this? Why don't you ask somebody for directions? Why don't you look at Google Maps? And I'm like, listen, baby, here's the thing you need to know about me. I may not know where I'm at. I may not know where I'm going. But, baby girl, we're going to get there in record time. Amen? Here's the thing. If you got gas in your tank, you're not lost. You're just sightseeing. So it is in life, though, so many times we go through life and we're searching and we're looking and we're doing this and we're doing that when the whole time the one who has the answers is right there. And all we have to be willing to do is say, God, show me. Show me the direction. Show me which way I need to go. But in order to do that, you've got to spend some time with God. I love what Jesus, he actually modeled this in Luke chapter 5, verse 16 
It says, but Jesus, what did he do? It said he often slipped away to be alone so he could pray. I want you to notice two words there in that scripture. The first word is alone. You need some alone time with God. You've got to have it. Have you ever been in a crowded room and tried to have a serious conversation with someone? You ever done that before? And you ever notice how difficult it is to do that? How difficult it is to kind of hone in on somebody, to hone in on what they're saying. And so it is in life. So many times we are going to God with all of our requests. And God in His grace and His love and His mercy, he is, He's listening. He hears them. David said, my prayers go before Him even into His ears. So God is listening to our requests. But here's where the problem is. The problem is we're not willing to get along with Him. And so we're over here and we're over there and we're doing this and we're doing that. And God is trying to answer you trying to give you direction, but he's getting a busy signal from you because you're not willing to get alone with him. You have to be willing to get alone with God. But here's the second thing, because you may ask, well, how often do I need to do that? Well, that's the second word, often. Often. I would say every day. And you might say, well, Pastor, you don't understand how busy I am. Listen, nobody was more busy than Jesus. I mean, everywhere he went, he drew crowds that were so large, they didn't even count them. They just called them multitudes. Everywhere he went, he had people pulling at him and wanting something from him. But he also understood in order to have the power to accomplish the mission that God had given him, he needed some alone time with God and he needed it often. And you and I need it too, no matter who you are, no matter what your schedule looks like, no matter what's going on in your life, you need some alone time with God. And I would say it often, like daily. God, what is your direction for my life? What have you called me to do? I love what Jesus said in John 15 verse 7. He said this, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. How many of you know that is an incredible promise in the scripture right there? But so many times we as, as, as God's people, we only focus on the promise. Like, as whatever you wish, that's what we focus on. But here's what you need to understand about God's word. Behind every promise, there's a premise. Let me say that again. Behind every promise, there is a premise. Because the premise is this. God said, hey, ask whatever you want, but here's the premise. You've got to remain in me. You've got to stay in fellowship with me. My word has to remain in you. You have to spend some alone time with God in his presence, in his word. It remains in you. And when that happens, God gives you direction for the path that he wants you to walk. So again, you've got to get alone with God. It needs to be often. Some of you may even ask the question, well, what is the best time to get alone with God? And I would say this, when you were at your best, when you are at your best, every person has what I would call a peak moment throughout the day. You have a peak moment throughout the day. That's where you are completely at your best. Um, for me, come on, I am a morning person. How many morning people do we have in the house? I mean, I'm waking up, my feet hit the floor, I'm singing. Man, I'm singing, I'm yelling in the house. This is the day the Lord hath made. Good morning, Lord. How many of you are not morning people? Come on, that's a lot of you in the house today. So my wife, Misty, is not a morning person. 
my kids except for Caleb is not morning people. So when I wake up and start singing, they wake up and they say, good morning, Lord, please make it stop. Here's the thing. What is your peak time throughout the day? The point is there's no perfect time for everyone. No perfect time. You've got to give God your best time. And the result is when you get along with Him and you're seeking Him and His Word is in you, you're getting direction for your life and it's the best time of your day. Don't give Him what's left. Give Him the best. So if I want to love God with all my strength, I've got to give Him my best time. Here's the second thing though. I've also got to entrust my first treasure to God. I've got to give God, I've got to put God first in the area of my time, but I've also got to put God first in the area of my finances. And I mean, you know, we love to give to people that we love. Man, my little boy Aiden, my youngest, he'll come up and he's got this thing where he just comes and sits beside me now. He says, Daddy, I want to sit beside you. You know what that little kid's dream is? And we're going to do it this coming up week. His dream, he told his mama the other day, he said, Mama, He said, one day, Daddy's going to get up and carry me to Waffle House. Come on, how many of you know he is my child? Amen. So you know what I'm going to do this week? We're going to wake up, I'm going to load my little man up, and we're going to Waffle House. Amen. I'm not going to charge you for that. Amen. So we're just going to Waffle House. But here's the thing. He'll come up beside me, and he's like, Daddy, he told me this the other day. He come up, he said, Daddy, I just want you to know I love you to the moon and back. I'm like, son, what do you need? Pulled out the wallet, just just whatever you need right here in this moment, man. Why? Because we have no problem giving to people we love. But when we talk about giving to God, some people get a little nervous, if you will. But here's what I've grown to learn about people who love God with all. As it relates to giving, they don't look at giving as like some duty. Just like something, this is something I have to do. They don't even look at it as kind of like a blind trust. Well, you know, I'm going to give and just somehow things are going to work out. No, people that love God with all look at this area to say, God, I love you so much. I'm giving you the first in the area of my finances and I'm trusting you to take care and provide for my needs. And how many of you know he always does? He always does. So think about it. Why would someone do that? Why would someone give 10% or more of their income? Why would you do it? Well, first of all, because God said so. But there's more than that. When it comes to giving, you need to understand that giving really is an act of worship. That's what it is. It's an act of worship. And what is worship? It's, it's really an old English word. It's worth-ship. It's, it's actually two words, and it's really an expression of value. And here's what you need to understand. Everybody worships something. Everybody worships something. We're called to love God with all to put Him first in our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 23 says this. The purpose of tithing is so that God could have a lot of money in heaven. Is that what it says? No, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your life. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says where your treasure is, there's where your heart's going to be also. So you understand, if I say I love God with all, with all of my strength, and I'm taking all of my resources and spending them on me, then I've got to ask, where's my heart? Where's my heart out in all of this? And really, the reason for giving is it actually connects us with God. 
It connects us with God. And the more consistently I'm willing to do that, the more of an intimate relationship I have with Him. Not because I kept some kind of a law that says to tithe, but because where my treasure is, that's where my heart is also. So again, I've got to be willing to give to God first in the area of my finances. Why? It's an act of worship. Here's the second thing. It's an expression of thanksgiving. It's an expression of thanksgiving. God, I'm thankful for what you have done in my life. Psalms 116 verse 12. How can I repay the Lord for all the good he has done for me? Think about your life. Think about where you are. Think about how God has blessed you and anointed you and taken care of you. I was up early this morning praying for you guys, praying for what God had laid on my heart. And I opened my Bible to Psalms chapter 18, verse 16. That's not in your notes. You might want to write that down. Psalms 18, verse 16 really spoke to my heart. It says, He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. How many times in your life have you been in a situation, have you been in a moment where you needed God to show up and rescue you? How many times has God rescued you? He showed up when you didn't even think He was there. When you didn't, when you didn't have no hope, here came hope. Why? Because our hope is a rope and His name is Jesus. We put our hope in Him. And so it's an expression of thanksgiving but it's also a demonstration of obedience John chapter 14 verse 15 Jesus says if you love me you will obey me if you love me you'll obey my command so again I do it because it's an act of worship because I'm thankful because I'm obedient and really when you when you talk about giving there's there's two primary areas of giving number one is is the tithe and that's the 10 percent of your income and Malachi 310 says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, but then there's free will offerings. Leviticus chapter 22, verse 18 and 19 says, If an Israelite or another person living among you offers a what? A spontaneous free will offering, it will only be acceptable to the Lord if it is what? Without defect. What does that mean? That means there's no hidden agenda. There's no ulterior motives. It's just simply being led by the Spirit to see a need and meet the need. And can I just tell you something? Again, I want to thank you for meeting the needs in this community. Over a thousand people, not only in this community, in Johnston County, but in Wayne County, have been impacted because of your sacrifice. We've got kids over across the street have been impacted because of your sacrifice. And I just wanted to say thank you for that. Thank you. It's seeing the need and meeting the need. But let me just say this to you. You're not obligated to meet them all. Let me say that again. I want you to lean in. Every need is not a calling to give your time or your money to. It's not. You've got to learn to be able to listen to the Spirit of God. What's He saying to you? What's He doing in your life? So again, I've got to be willing to trust God with everything I've got. And I'm going to love Him with all of my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. Loving Him with my strength means I'm going to give God my best time. I'm going to give Him my first treasure. But then here's the third one. Because of the relationship I have with God. I'm going to maintain a testimony for him. I'm going to maintain a testimony for him. And, and I would even say it's an unmistakable testimony. Come on, it, it goes back to the old timers that used to have a saying that says, you've got to walk the walk and talk the talk. Living what you preach. 
being in private who you are, being in public rather who you are in private. It's not saying one thing and doing something else, but it's, it's living the life that backs up who you claim to be. And this is so important, guys, because we live in a world that people are desperately looking for role models. And they're looking for them everywhere. So they're looking to Hollywood. They're looking at athletes. They're looking at pop stars. Maybe there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the problem with that. When you start looking at all of these different areas for role models, here's what happens. You're starting to look to people who get their cues from people that don't know God. They're getting their ideas from other sources other than what's in God's Word, which is our compass for life. And they're letting the circumstances control their lives. So we need role models. Why are they not looking to us? Why are they not looking to the church? Why are they not looking to you and I? Can I tell you something? They are. They are looking. They're looking at you. They're looking at me. It makes no difference who you are. You are a role model to someone, somebody, somewhere. Maybe it's because we don't have enough role models to go around. You know, Jesus even said, hey, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors. Where are the labors? They're, They're few. We're the role models today. So so hear me today. There are thousands of people that are desperately looking for someone who can lead them to the truth. Why not let it be you? So the question is not, am I a role model? The question should be, are you a good one? Norman Vincent Peale said this, There's nothing more confusing than a role model who says one thing and does another. Let's be the kind of role models that live what we preach. Let's be the kind of role models that walk the walk and talk the talk. Let us be that kind of role model so that when people look at us, when individuals look at our lives, they see Jesus. How many of you guys remember the, the, little, the little rhyme? And, and I remember that. I learned it in grade school. Mary had a little lamb. His fleece was white as no, snow. And everywhere that Mary went, what? The lamb was sure to go. I don't know if there's a Mary. I don't know if there's a lamb. But here's what I do know. You and I, we're not Mary, so to speak. But we represent that role. And we've got people looking to us. We've got people following us. Man, we've got, you know, Miss and I, we've got four kids at home. And they are constantly looking at our example. They're constantly looking at a little AJ's coming and sitting beside me. And, Daddy, I love you. Isn't it amazing how our kids go through a transition? Like when they're in preschool, grade school, I want to be just like Dad. I want to love Dad. And then when they get to be teenagers, it's like I don't want to have nothing to do with him. Does anybody experience that other than me? But then what happens? The older they get, they start saying the same things you said. They start acting the same way you act. You know, my kids were doing something crazy the other day. I said, man, you act just like your mama's people. Amen. You're not from me. But anyway, their mannerisms change. But at the end of the day, you and I are the role models. You and I are the leaders. That's why Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 11.1. He said, follow my example as I follow Jesus Christ. And that's the example we want people to see. Christ in us. Listen, I am 100% aware 
that every time I go out in public, I'm not just representing the peacock name. I'm not just representing the bridge, but I'm representing Jesus Christ. And can I tell you something? You are too. You are too. For those that name the name of Christ, you're representing Him. So let's do a personal evaluation. Where are we going to get the leaders? Where are we going to get the role models? Turn to your neighbor and said, you. 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 Watching online right now, you are the role models. Do you understand what Matthew chapter 12 verse 21 says? His name will be the hope of the world. His name is the hope of the world. You understand that we're living in a time where, and I know this isn't good grammar, but just roll with me. People say, man, things are getting worser and worser. You ever heard that? We're living in a time where it's nothing to turn on the news. It's nothing to look at what's going on around you. And just see all of these things happening. And it's in the midst of all of the chaos and the the trouble and everything that's happening that you say, God, help me. See, it's in these moments we got to be willing to love God with all. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what does it mean to love God with all my strength? I've got to give Him my best time. I've got to give Him my first treasure. And I've got to have a testimony because of my relationship with him, but it's an unmistakable testimony. So nobody doubts where I'm living. It's with God. Let me re-ask that question I asked at the beginning. Right now, as you evaluate your life, as you look at where you are, for those of you online, what are you giving your one and only life to right now? And will it matter a hundred years from now? Will it matter in eternity? Because at the end of the day, you are to live a life that quite frankly outlives you. You're the leader. You're the role model. Pastor, man, I don't want my kids following me. Change. Be like Christ. Does that mean you're going to get it all right and you're going to be perfect and all that? No. Man, Misty makes mistakes all the time. She just does. It's just simply saying, Lord, I'm going to love you with all. I'm going to give it all to you. My passions, God, you got them. The essence of who I am, my soul, you got it. My thought life, God, you got it. My energy, God, you got it. Love God with all. And it's interesting, we've been in Mark chapter 12. And in this chapter, in verse 28, the religious leaders, and they had already kind of tested Jesus a couple of times before. This was the third time. And this religious leader comes to Jesus and says, uh, Hey, Jesus, out of all the commands, 
Which one's the greatest? And you have to understand where he was coming from with that because if you go back to Genesis in the beginning in the Old Testament, from Genesis to Deuteronomy, that's the first five books of the Bible. That's the Torah, the Pentateuch. In those five books, there's 613 commands. And it was nothing for the religious leaders of that time to have somewhat of a debate on what was the most important command. And so here is a religious leader and he's essentially testing Jesus. Hey, what's the most important command? And you know what Jesus says? Love. Out of all 613, love. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. This has been our theme verse. What does it say? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And you know what he went on to say? He said, and the second one is like the first one. Love your neighbor as yourself. Be a role model. Be a leader. Be someone that walks to walk and talks to talk. Pastor, you don't understand my life. You don't understand where I've been. You're right, but Jesus does. And here's what I know about my Savior. He's a rescuer. No matter what I've been through, no matter what has happened in my life, no matter the the shortcomings in my life, wherever you are right now, even listening online, wherever you are, He can rescue you. Stand with me all over the house. Father, we love you today. Father, we want to make a commitment right now. Just as in the weeks before. To love you with all. Our heart. Our soul. Our mind. And Lord, today, our strength. We give it all to you right now. Are you in here today and need some hope? Are you watching online and maybe you say, Pastor, I need rescuing. I'm, I'm drowning right now. I'm drowning in some decisions that I've made. I'm drowning in different things that have happened in my life. Maybe you're in here and you're in that same situation. There's a rescuer and his name is Jesus. And he's here to reach down, as the psalmist says, and lift you out of deep waters and draw you unto himself. Can I just say this? I really feel that somebody needs to hear this right now. God hasn't forgotten you. Sir, God hasn't forgotten you. He sees you. Ma'am, He sees you. He sees you right where you are. And He's wanting to reach down and rescue you. And all you have to be willing to do is open your heart up and say, Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Save me. Set me free. And he will. So if you're in the house or watching online and you mean business with God, he means business with you. I'm going to ask those of you that are in person, if you mean business with God and you say, today is the day I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you to just slip your hand up right there where you are.
you say, that's me, Pastor. I'm, I'm ready to go all in. For those of you watching online, if you mean business with God, let's do this together. Let's pray this prayer all over the house and online. Let's pray this prayer. If you mean business with God and you say, right now, I want to come to Him, let's pray it together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I love you. I've messed up my life. I've gone left when I should have gone right. But Father, right now, I recognize my sins, my shortcomings, and I open up my heart and life to you. And I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. Make me clean. Create in me a new heart. In Jesus' name. Everybody in the house said amen.